Greetings, Shield warriors, worshipers, and watchmen, and visitors. As we're nearing the end of the year, I would like to share a little overview of where I assess we are right now, both on a practical assessment and going further into what we can expect and then how we should pray and declare going forward. So if you will allow, I'm going to jump right in. I think as pertains to our president, POTUS, and that is our assignment as POTUS Shield, both for the president, the vice president, their families, and the administration, and everything else that is in any way influenced by it, we need to remain in focus and not be those that are deviated or confused in the chaos of the politics and the, the, the ebb and flow of what's going on, especially at this point in Washington, so that we date ourselves. We're in the point of a government shutdown now in the third day. And the expectation is that unless God intervenes, we're probably going to be there for a little while as we have the House uh, soon, January 3rd, to be assumed by Speaker then Pelosi and the Democratic uh, force. Now, let us be very clear. We are not opposed to any political faction, nor do we believe that one political faction is more approved of God than the other. What we do know and what we have asserted is that the Lord miraculously moved in 2016 so that we would be in a position to see him perform and accomplish assignments, assignments through the church, the ecclesia, the body of Christ, assignments through the president and the vice president and those that were aligned with it. And some of these assignments are those that are appealing to us and that we want and some of them are not. So let's just go through right now what the assignments are. We must stay focused on the plan of the kingdom of God. We're not here to endorse character. We're not here to criticize character on either side of the aisle and certainly not the president. We're not here to cast these aspersions. We're here to, be, to stay aligned with the plan and focus of God. First of all and foremost, one of the major assignments of this president and those aligned with him is the law of the land. I recall and I want you to recall that on November 9th at 3.30 in the morning, the Lord showed me that vision that gave birth to POTUS Shield. And it was the broom that would sweep through the federal court system, including the Supreme Court. I had spoken what I heard that there would be not only one, but two and then three Supreme Court appointments in the first season of this term being served by Donald Trump. We now have two. And we all know the battle that the second one was. But there needs to be a third. And the Supreme Court um, must have another Supreme Court justice appointed that has the values and the morality. Some call it conservative. I call it a kingdom enlightenment as to what is required by God to change the law of this land now. I advise then that we could not rely upon Chief Justice Roberts. We must pray for him. For whatever reasons, there was a lot of excitement when he was appointed that he was a conservative justice. But at best, as we look back at his voting record and how he has, has put his, himself on the line, he's at best a moderate liberal and or maybe a liberal 
uh, moderate. I'm not sure which way to go with it. But the bottom line is, even just recently, just a few days ago, he voted with the liberal justices to prevail 5-4 against the administration as regarded the asylum laws. And he has taken that position now a couple times on very critical issues. But even more troubling is that he, he broke rank as the Supreme Court Chief Justice and actually came out critical of the president last month. I believe this is the Lord allowing us to see that this man too is tainted by this anti-Trumpism. And I can expect that when it's coming down the line, he's going to be motivated by that. We need to pray that he's not. But we cannot rely upon him for five, four votes that come down to the next issues that we will be talking about. We are believing God for that third appointment and that that third appointment is God-fearing and that it aligns with the laws of the land that God said he would change. We're believing God for that appointment to be done soon. There has to be a vacation. We wish no ill on anybody, but we must see a vacation of somebody in that liberal side that is opposing those changes in the law of the land that we know from the pulpit God has his heart involved in. That being said, let us declare and pray for that shift and move to happen soon, very soon, and to happen such that that opening comes so that we can, in this first semester of this year, 2019, see the appointment of a third Supreme Court justice under President Trump that is going to be one that promotes and adheres to the conservative values that we agree to. The last battle for Kavanaugh was horrendous. And there's going to be even a more difficult one we can anticipate. We must now begin to lay that land and pray it. We must not have a false sense of conservative excitement that happened when Kavanaugh was in. Everyone thought, oh boy, we're there now. It's 5-4. No, it's not. We've seen that the chief justice cannot be accounted for in this group. We must pray that those that are there have heart changes and that they, are, they have encounters with the living God. And we must also agree that the, the types of law that God is moving on continue to be shifted and changed and modeled after things of His heart, of His compassion, of redemption, of repentance. The two types of law we're focusing on are criminal and statute, both for the federal and the states. Now the criminal law, recently we saw criminal justice reform. We'll see what the fruit of that is, but our appearance of it is, is that we believe in that. I know in my church and in many ministries, we have people that are looking for that second chance, that third chance, and God is the God of those chances. Let us believe now for the wisdom that it gets applied appropriately and lives can be changed and lives can get another chance to become productive in this society, but also in the kingdom of God. We must believe that the federal court system, that there's an acceleration uh, of people being appointed. So many are on the dockets waiting. We must see it clearly happen through the Senate in this first semester also. Federal court app appointments, circuit court appointments, judges that are going to operate with appeals and not stop the movement of the things of God by running to the Ninth Circuit Court or to those areas where they can find someone that's going to be compatible with that liberal opinion to do nothing more than to be restrictive and to stop. 
The Lord had said then that we should see suits brought. Suits brought from the believers, from lawyers, to bring them up through the ranks from the state so that by the time they get to the Supreme Court, there will be an opportunity to change the land. We can expect this to be polarizing. It is polarizing. This president has a breaker anointing on him. Let us not confuse that with a prophetic anointing of Samuel, where you only hear the voice of God. We need to pray he, he does hear clearly the voice of God and doesn't just result in the breaker anointing for the sake of being one who's disruptive. We want him more than disruptive. We want to break down the forces that God wants broken down and to stay focused on those and not to deviate from it and to be distracted with other peripheral things that aren't as important. We need to pray that for this president, that God will give him order, that God will give him voices that he can trust around him. We've all seen and the news media has been uh, relentlessly pegging him to be all alone in the White House. They say that he retreats to his bedroom and his private quarters to watch the news. And, and I'm not going to buy into that. I believe the man can still have good people around him. There are good people to come around him, voices, advisors. But most of all, that he hears the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking into him with discernment and clarity of what to do and what not to do and how to present it. Sometimes things are lost in the presentation. We want to believe God to give this man the eloquence and the ability to express things and release them in an order and presentation that will allow people to understand and comprehend better. We believe God for that because part of the charisma of ruling is the fact of being able to communicate it in a way that is effective. We're going to believe God to enhance that gift in this man and to protect him as we always do. I want to share with you as we're moving in this assignment of abortion, uh, abortion, remember, God's heart is not to abort children. And we've had some movement in states, but it must get to the Supreme Court. And we must be able to see then that we have men and women of courage that are prepared to say and strike down Roe versus Wade and to allow things to go back in the hands of the state. I believe that's where this solution is. It cannot just be mandated federally, but it must be allowed to go back into the hands of the state as the Constitution was originally intended. And in that, I want to give you some hope because the current makeup of the U.S. Supreme Court has led some to believe there could be the possibility of an overturn. We need another appointment. I can't emphasize it enough. Do not rely on Chief Justice Roberts. Now, I believe if there is another one coming. He may side to that end. We'll see. But I don't believe he'll be the pivotal vote in that end. We have states that are attempting to legally challenge Roe versus Aide, uh, Wade. We need to pray for those states and we need to pull them forth and to give them some, some strength and to give them acceleration and to give them a voice so that these suits make their way through the court system and that they are put together in a congregate manner so that the Supreme Court must deal with it. I believe we want them to deal with it in the year 2019 and 2020. We don't care if it becomes a political football for the next election. We want to accomplish what God has said to do, to stop 
to stop the genocide that has now totaled over 60 million unborn children that have been murdered, that have been extracted from the womb, and we need to stop it. It is not simply a way of life. It is a way of death and destruction. But I want to give you this so you know how to pray. Right now there are 16 states that have laws that could be used to restrict the legal status of abortion. We need to see those laws coming forth and to even be intensified. Some of them are still compromising and they're trying to count the months for a heartbeat, etc. It's a good start, but it's not the final move. We believe that life begins in the womb at the conception. We must protect it. The heartbeat is good, but we can do better. Four states have laws that automatically ban abortion when Roe is overturned. We want to believe that's going to happen. These states have prophetically moved forward and said, we're ready to ban it here in our state as soon as we can federally have the chains taken off of our hands. Nine states have retained their unenforced pre-Roe abortion bans. So nine of them are holding on to them. The legislatures haven't said, okay, we're going to get rid of them. They're holding on to them, waiting, waiting for the law to be changed in the federal court system. Seven states have laws that express their intent to restrict the right to legal abortion to the maximum extent permitted by the U.S. Supreme Court in the absence of Roe. So they're waiting for direction. Our prayer is that the Supreme Court doesn't put a window and a parameter on it, that it just says, states, you decide it. Let your electorate decide it. I don't know about you, but I live in Ohio, and here we've attempted to put the heartbeat bill, and we're trying to push it through one more time. We have a governor that says that he supports the right to life, but he's vetoed it. He's on his way out. We have a new governor in. I'd like to see it go beyond just a heartbeat and go stronger and to move it forward. And with all due respect, I don't want another state telling me in my state what our law should be as pertains to right to life. This state has spoken and other states have spoken. We need it to come back to the states and the federal government in the presence of the Supreme Court needs to honor the way that this country was put together by the fathers so brightly and I believe endowed by the wisdom of God. So we have an opportunity as pertains to shifting abortion. We need another Supreme Court justice appointed and soon the Lord says he will do it. Let's believe God for it. Let's pray for it. Let's declare it. Be relentless in it. Strengthen this president and strengthen uh, the Senate to get it done. And let us pray for Supreme Court uh, Chief Justice Roberts that God will touch his heart and bring him back to the roots that we thought that he was coming from. And let us also pray for those others. God has put Sonia Sotomayor on our heart. She had, she had a rough year. We don't pray harm on her, but we pray her heart is changed. God said he had her hand upon her. And we want to believe God to make that space available. Change a heart. Put a person in. Whatever it's going to take, let's get to that. Now let's move on. Another major assignment that was given unto this president, whether he's knowing or unknowing of it, was to halt globalization. Now some have said it's been at the sake of nationalization. Some say that to become a nationalist is, is, is to give in to what others have done in the history, and especially the recent history of some of the worst uh, demagogueries that we've seen uh, in the world. And that's not true. 
You can be nationalist and still be one that promotes the love and the kingdom of God. We're not nationalists, we're kingdom people. We see the kingdom of God. We understand that the kingdom of God operates here on earth through rulers, and it says that God appoints rulers and takes them out. Some rulers need to come out, some need to be appointed. So we understand that what this president has done and what he wants to focus on in his administration is to reverse globalization. And this was really promoted promoted very strongly right at the tail end of Reagan when he opened up, and, and Nixon as they opened up China, Reagan as he moved forward, but then really promoted in, in the administrations of George W. Bush, George H. Bush, uh, Clinton, and, and Obama especially, where we saw that globalization and a one world system was being put into place, but nobody really understood it, and there were influences uh, the United Nations has operated in this end, and this country has funded a lot of it around the world. Well, this president has been stopping it, and in one way or another has been dismantling this system. And I'm going to share with you why. I don't believe he, he necessarily knows what he's preparing it for, but I'm going to share with you what he is preparing it for according to the prophetic word of God. Now, number one, we've seen that the European Union is, is being tested. Well, this union uh, is, is a formidable force, and it could be good, but it can be bad. And we've seen a lot of anti-American rhetoric in this union, not just with this president, but preceding it for several years. We've seen that this union has promoted liberal viewpoints that past uh, administrations, especially the one preceding Trump, attempted to bring into this country. We've seen that they've had issues with their borders and they are seriously and gravely paying for that now. Um, the dismantling of this system has seen that the European Union is being tested. Brexit was voted in, but yet we see these forces that have come trying to keep it in. England was trying to, Britain was trying to emancipate from it into what we don't know, but it has brought chaos, chaos into the system confusion into the system and, and division into that system. We've seen uh, Emmanuel Macron, uh, the president of France, he took a position, a very strong position in, in, re, in the recent year and months uh, opposing Trump and being very critical of him to the point of mocking him and joining some of those here in this country, mocking him. And what happened? He was in the middle of one of these meetings of, of, of the powers of God just last month and he had to leave with embarrassment as his own country, France, erupted with chaos and, and, and with, with mobs and with violence and it's still going on in Paris. Paris was burning. Um, he's got his own issues to deal with. Again, part of that breaker anointing where, where we see that God is moving and you could say, well, God wouldn't move that way, but God is God. God is sovereign. God moves his own ways. Let us remember it was the hand of God that divided uh, the Red Sea and that swallowed up the Egyptians that were opposing Israel and the move of God for deliverance and, 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 and for their ability to walk into their promises. Angela Merkel, she took the lead last year against Donald Trump. Where is she now? She's still chancellor of the, of, of the Republic of Germany, but not for long. Earlier this year and last year, she had put her in this, in this position to mock this president and to mock the things of making America first, America great again.
Well, it's not just making America great and America first. It's assuming and being a, a pin, a pointhead, to accomplish the things of God, to prepare the earth. For what? The second coming of the Lord. We must remember as people of the kingdom that we are called now to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. And He's coming. Especially as we think of Him over this season, nobody expected Him the first time the way He came. No one's going to expect Him the second time the way He's going to come. God is coming. Jesus is coming. And everything is aligning. He's aligning the nations of the earth. He's aligning the body of Christ. There's work to be done in that, as we'll talk about. And He's aligning Israel, spiritual Israel and national Israel. Jesus is coming as the Messiah here on earth. We see that Angela Merkel had to step down um, as, as the head of her own Christian Democratic Party. She no longer has that position. She's lame duck. As we said, uh, Britain is in chaos. All of this is a fallout to this breaker anointing that is associated with this very peculiar man. And we don't have to defend his character. We pray for his character. We're not those who are going to criticize his character. We pray for his character. And might I add this, as I pray, I have pushed myself, and, and now I find myself gleefully praying for, for Schumer and for Pelosi and for those in those positions, for Adam Schiff. God only knows what's in the plans of what's going to happen in 2019. But God is sovereign. God can move upon. God is going to use them for His purposes also. And we want to believe for their redemption. We want to believe for their reconciliation with the Lord in every facet of their life, even as we do in our own. All of this falling out to anointing. Globalism. We find out that this man has, has, has dealt with the treaties for Mexico and Canada that had in some ways watered down things and became even more globalistic. And, and now we find that there's new treaties that are put before it. We find out that he's opposed China, bringing him, challenged him to the core, bringing their economy into a place where they've had to become attentive to what to do. And they've had to begun to negotiate and to deal with him. Their currency has fallen. Let's consider Russia. Russia has had more sanctions leveled against them now than we've seen since the falling of the wall. And yet they're continuing to reach out their tentacles around the world to uh, increase their global influence. They're doing it with military power and with anti-Americanism. And so this whole issue about Russian collusion is nothing but a distraction. It'll take its place where it's going to go. But what we need to do is to see this president reinforced with strength to be able to oppose that in a wise way that does not just influence globalization anymore, but that which requires that it is still continued to be torn down, but at the, the sake of the kingdom of God being able to move as he intends it to move now to prepare the way. There is a final system, a system that is the one that's coming in place now that's spoken of in what we know as our book of Revelation. And it's that great whore Babylon is what it's called. And it has to do with trade and economy and yes, with warfare and systems and technology. And we see that there's a grabbing of this and an enhancement of this and an acceleration of this. But the system that, that 
was in place and is dismantling the globalization that was in the world now isn't the system of the Babylonian Empire that was being, is being established now that is the one that we will see will be destroyed ultimately. This is the one that's coming up in the spirit of the Antichrist. And very interesting, if we open our eyes and watch, something happened in just the last 48 hours. And that was, as President Trump said, he wanted to remove these 2,200 advisors from Syria. Saudi Arabia stepped up and it said it will provide funds to help to rebuild Syria. Now, why did they do that? Because they are, they are enemies of Iran and Iran would like to tear Saudi Arabia apart and would and will end up if they have the funds to do so to 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 work and collaborate to fund any effort to do so so saudi arabia has the money they're willing to put the money in this president said we can't keep putting american money in let's make america first and build its infrastructure however you feel about that the good news is saudi arabia is willing to step up so just maybe because of what this president said and did and we need to pray this way there's an opening and an opportunity now that saudi arabia will also strengthen the position there with our presence our help somehow some way not leaving them alone and and being a buffer and having a presence there where we just don't let the whole country go to iran and russia so that it becomes what a line a line of demarcation to protect israel and to protect this influence to go further into other Arab countries who aren't aligned with the same Muslim sect in Iran. Russia doesn't care about which Muslim sect it is. It cares about its own strength and its own economic resources and influence. Something else just happened. Something very strange um, happened. We saw that in Israel, this big natural gas field that was discovered some years back is being developed and it's huge the largest in the world potentially but it can't help the European Union at this point until somehow the gas goes from there in in the Mediterranean across and into Europe that's gonna happen now because there was just a pact done with very little bit of news about it about a month ago between Israel and the European Union to install a gas line under the ocean, all the way there, a very long one. It's a couple thousand miles, I think. And, and this is going to be able to supply natural gas from that field to the European Union, who now is reliant upon Russia for it. Over 40% of that energy they're buying from Russia. So if Russia stops that pipeline, they're in trouble. So Russia has leverage with it. Russia would like to have that pipeline. They would like to have that gas field. Now, I'm not prophesying this yet. I'm just going to remind you of the word of God that says to us that Gog Magog in Ezekiel 38, that he would put a hook in its mouth and pull it down from the north and that it would come. Well, what better hook than having their pipeline shut off in Israel to be able to take that wealth in in Europe to be able to have the chains brought off of its hands so that it's not stuck. Things are moving. Things are shifting. There are alliances that are being made and we need to see where God moves in this. And just because people say, well, this was done in the past doesn't mean it's going to be how it's done now. We need to pray. We need to pray not only for the wisdom, 
but for the plan of God to emerge with acceleration and not be held back. We need to pray against the deep state alliance that has manacled this, 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 this country. We've seen it. It's come up clear. For some reason, it just never comes up enough to get dealt with. We see people, the, the ex-FBI director Comey, mocking this president with, with just a blusterous arrogance as if he, his hands are clean and we see his hands were clearly dirty. We see that people are still there that shouldn't be there. People that were caught red-handed doing things against the president, which is against this country, by the way. It's against the voice and the vote of this country. We should be agitated, irritated, demanding justice, demanding that those be held accountable for it. But yet they just continue to slip by. We need to pray that there will be voices that come from within, deep voices and people that will say, this happened, I'm not afraid of it, I'm going to stand with it. We need to pray that we're going to have an attorney general that's going to clean the house and make things accountable wherever they lay. And the same thing with our FBI. This must be exposed. We can't go forward with it anymore because it's manipulation, which is witchcraft. Witchcraft has been moving in this country from the highest levels down for a while. It needs to be broken, and it needs to be broken by the body of Christ. Israel is a grave concern. Now, I think most of you may recall that God used me mightily during the campaign in 2016 with then-President Trump. I was a silent advisor on Israel that actually went even through a second party. And my points were, were put into his APAC speech exactly as I gave them. And I made sure that eight other people knew that I had presented this before it happened, not so that it would, uh, would, would light upon me, but would light upon God. And I said, we will know if the God of Israel has his influence in this situation now and if it is heard. And then President Trump gave that speech and gave those five points into a speech, all which were new to him, and one which was moving the embassy to Jerusalem, acknowledging Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. That was a great victory for the kingdom of God. It was a great move for Israel. But that's not the final resolution. And it's as if the Zionist uh, Christian church, the people that are excited, fell asleep and are just reveling about that. Well, that's just the beginning. More needs to be done. A two-state solution isn't going to work for Jerusalem. Even if it gets put in place, it's not going to be successful. It's going to cause agitation. It may be a false peace. I don't know that, but it's not what God's intent is for Jerusalem. Jerusalem must be the undivided capital, the city of David, the one where Jesus is coming back to, not to sit there and judge Islam and other isms, but to come back and establish his throne there forevermore. And Jerusalem, God said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Jesus cried for Jerusalem. He calls it the apple of his eye. We must understand that God wants the church to polish it. I say the church needs to wake up and continue to pray and to stand strong and not allow even his son-in-law to be able to push, Trump's son-in-law to push a, a political solution that is not in alliance with what God has. We cannot be satisfied as believing Christians where things are right now. We must stand up 
And we must not only stand with Israel in the sense it is, but strengthen and embolden them. We must pray for Benjamin Netanyahu. He's under attack. His family's under attack. This man has resisted what this president has for far longer than he has. He has sustained himself all through the Obama presidency and prior to that. He's under attack from within, from outside. Many would like to see him fall, but God has given him the chutzpah. He's given him the strength. He's given him the steel to stand strong and against all odds and continue to be the one that promotes the things of God. And he is Bible-believing. He believes in the prophecies of God for Israel. We need to stand with them. Now let's move on to the Space Force in command. I had prophesied early on after this president was elected that he was going to make a move with space. The Lord showed it. And I was, I, somehow God made a way through a friend, and I was very blessed to attend the first space, for, the space meeting that Vice President Trump presided over. And this was at the museum in Washington, D.C. And in that meeting, he pointed out how, how far behind we had fallen. Expert after expert testified that under previous administration, we basically just sabotaged our entire space program. We lost our advancements in technology, that we were operating with a four-system GPS power, whereas China and Russia were already in a five, that they had the ability to, to disable our satellites and to wreak havoc upon us in a situation, and we didn't have a similar uh, capacity, and we didn't have the ability to protect them. Well, just this last week, there was a satellite that was shot into space by SpaceX Command with, with, at Cape, from Cape Canaveral with the federal government. And this, this satellite has the capacity to have a stronger GPS and the most, the highest level technical GPS, so five plus that's on Earth right now, we caught up. And not only is it there, but it has an eight time capacity to withstand disabling and defend off whatever would be sent against it to disable it. We need more of them. We need the Space Force, we need the command. And so now it has been, uh, become one of this administration's desires to have it. There's been a small budget given to it. The issue is would it be its own military force or would it be within the Air Force? It's irrelevant to us. Let it find its way through the Pentagon. But we need to see it happen. We need to see it happen also so that there's a capacity not only to protect this country and, and, and to protect Israel ultimately, but also to do war from that area. I'm not going to get more into that now. Read Revelation. You read it into it and see what you think. The Space Force in command was prophesied of God. Somehow it's centered into the spirit of this president and vice president. And the vice president himself is heading this up. And they've done a lot. They've made up a lot of ground in a year and a half. We need to see a lot more. We need to be a dominant space force in all the earth. And that will cause peace. Now, finally, the kingdom. We must be those who are focused on the call of the kingdom. This is a major test of the salt of the faith of believers. It's underway right now. I firmly believe, I've preached it for a while and I see it more than ever, that we are branded as the church of Laodicea in this age now. And the Lord says that there are three gradients, the hot, the lukewarm, and the cold. I was asked recently, how would I perceive it? Well, I would say that the hot is at best 5%. 
maybe if we are being generous, 10% of those that say that we are believers here on the earth, really sold out to God, firm, obedient, committed, expectant, like Simeon was, and the prophetess Anna was for the first coming of Jesus, for the second coming of Jesus, not willing to compromise, willing to stand up, willing to take on the forces of evil and of the world and of our own flesh to overcome. We are the overcomers that God has put on the earth now. Unfortunately, that lukewarm category is very small as we assess the body of Christ now. Even if we want to go into those that we say we're spirit-filled or Pentecostal or apostolic or prophetic, even as compared to denominations, our Protestantism, our Lutheranism, our Catholicism, it doesn't matter what ism is put on it. It matters what is the person doing with the heart. Are they on fire for God? Are they praying for the things of God? Are they interceding? Are they being a voice? Are they standing up against sin? Are they standing up against the movements that are against the things of the kingdom of God? Yes, I agree with some of my brethren and sisters about an awakening and a revival in the earth. We all want that. But I'm going to proclaim to you what we need the most is a revival within the body of Christ. It, is, it needs to be resuscitated. It needs to be resurrected, coming back in a new body, a, a spiritual body that isn't conforming. We don't need to just worry about numbers. It's not about notching belts with people saying, I believe in Jesus. If they believe in Jesus but continue to practice the ways of the world, are they believers? I don't want to get into hyper grace against moderate grace and how much grace will God give. Thank God for his grace in my own life, and I'm sure you do in yours. But we must be those that say we must see transformation, reformation, restoration, resuscitation, and, and regeneration, and resurrection within the body of Christ now. What if 50% what if or 60% of the body of Christ is lukewarm. We would say, oh, Christians are growing. Are they? Or what are we growing into with those kind of numbers? And what if 40% or 50% is cold that say they're Christians? The Lord says he'd rather them be hot and cold, but not lukewarm. Put those two categories together, maybe at best 50% of those who say they're Christians are either hot or cold. It's an opportunity. We must be alive and working and praying for the hearts of our pastors, our prophets, our apostles, and those that God has put in church leadership, not just for a fake unity, but for a, a, a regathering, a, a recommitment, a rebaptism in, in, in body and spirit and worship and truth in the body of Christ. The churches in America are growing. I was talking to a dear friend of mine who's a leader, one of the top leaders nationally and recognized in one of the largest denominations. And he's semi-retired and he took on another church down in Florida. And he said to me that they had a pastor from Korea that came over and they picked him up at the airport and they released him. And he flew and went to go visit five of the largest growing churches here in America. He wanted to see what, was, what they were doing that was growing their churches to bring back with him to Korea. Now remember, Korea had millions and millions of people growing at one time. And we understand that we transported some of what they had. We imported it here so that we could figure out how to grow our body of Christ, how to pray, what to do. This man came thinking he was going to find that here. And when they brought him back to the airport and they said, well, what is your finding? What do you see? He was shaking his head. 
And what he was seeing, he said, is, I don't see power. I see no power in these churches. I don't see miracles. I don't see people moving in the Holy Spirit. I don't see the kind that I'm looking for. I just, it's as if they're only interested in quantities, in, a, in becoming a social network for people. And he said, is this, is it possible that this is what the Lord had said, that there would be a form of godliness, but no power therein. We need to wake up. We need to put our focus back on again, reviving as the kingdom of God within the body of Christ. Yes, there's a great opportunity reaching out in the world, and I see it moving. We're involved with Isaac TV. We're involved in Pakistan and Afghanistan and in Africa and India with the Hindus. We're involved with the Muslims. We love them. We're reaching out. We're bringing the message of Christ. Soon, uh, we're launching with the TCT Network, a program I believe in miracles, simply to show the miracle power of God and to glorify Jesus and the love of Jesus, the love of Jesus moving in. Beloved, I'm calling you to prayer again. I'm calling you to fasting. We're going to be fasting starting January 3rd, and we're going to go through till for 21 days, and on the 24th, we're going to break that fast. And if you'd like it, I'm going to post the fast. The first week, it's going to be simply one meal a day. You can do it. The second week, it's going to be vegetables only. In the third week, it's going to be liquids only. If you can do it stronger, fine. If you, if you can't do it all, do what you can, but pray and fast with us. We must tear down these strongholds. We must open up again the move of God. We need to move into a time of acceleration. And we see that the forces, the forces of the world and the forces of the enemy are trying to stop the acceleration that God had for this country and in the earth and for Israel. It's as this acceleration as it moves is, is as if though you're lifted up by a sea and, and then you experience a sudden surge forward. That's what we had. That's what we need to do again. Sometimes spiritual warfare attempts to hold us back. We need to break it. We need to declare against it. We need to go forward. The spirit of Jezebel is retaliating against its loss in 2016, trying to find its way back. We need to beat her back, not run from it in fear as Elijah did, and some people are now, but to stand against it. And we need to be able to move and say it, that we're not giving up hope that it's been a long time waiting. We need to trust our Father and Sovereign God that what He's begun, He will end. Pray for it. Break through. We need to overcome the destructive consequences of sin at every level and ask God continually for repentance and forgiveness. By His nature, He's a Redeemer. Don't forget it. And, and when you've run from or hesitated in God's call, get back in line. Don't wait. Don't believe you've lost your opportunity. Let's just get back in rank and move forward. And let's not allow, finally, others to hold back what God has done by their choices. We cannot be subjected to the choices of others. Thank you, Father. You do it. We declare it. All that we've said in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to me. I know this has been long. Use it however you wish. I felt I wanted to get this out right here at the coming of the new year so that we could see where it's at. I don't expect that many are going to want to hear my prophetic word and I'll have more um, as others are greasing the wheels that this is a great year of blessings and windows opening in heaven and your finances. All of that's good. I believe God with all of those words that are coming. But 
I'm giving you the raw truth of where we need to be so that we stay focused and understand it. Don't be confused. We need you. The kingdom needs you as worshipers, as warriors, as watchmen. POTUS Shield is revitalizing and getting strong for the year. We see it clearly. Let's get that next Supreme Court justice in. Let's keep things moving. Let's believe God. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Those who love her shall be blessed and prosper. Thank you. And do pray for me. I really, really need your prayers this year as I'm staying focused with God has and not being enamored by anything that I believe distracts from it. God bless you. I love you. He loves you. I declare that you do have a wondrous year of miracle power in Jesus Christ in 2019. Frank Media here, POTUS Shield signing off. God bless.